everyone, and welcome to another episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, and I've been imagining a better future. And today I want to talk about how we get there. A hint, I'm lacing up my shoes, because today I want to take it to the streets. Let me start out with something that should be obvious, but somehow nevertheless needs to be said. Black lives matter. Black people deserve the same protections that white people take for granted. My heart goes out to everyone in the United States and around the world who has spoken out in the past few weeks to underline and add exclamation points to what should be a simple truth. It's hard for me to even say these words to a certain extent because they seem so obvious and silly. But unfortunately, we live in times where they do still need to be said so that they can get through because not everybody sees this as true. I've been shocked and really saddened by the news that I've seen coming out of the United States particularly in the government response to predominantly peaceful protests. Now more than ever, it's important to act beyond ourselves if we want to protect our climate, our planet, and each other. So I hope you've taken to the streets or joined some part of the larger movement for a better world in a way that makes sense to you. There are, unfortunately, any number of fronts we need to be active on. Beyond Black Lives Matter, it's important to protect the upcoming election in the United States, for example, as well as to make sure the Republican Party pays for aiding and abetting a racist, destructive authoritarian for the past four years. I don't usually get partisan on this podcast, but it is sadly the case that climate change is a partisan issue in the place where I grew up. In the United States, it's been sadly obvious for decades that if you care about the environment, you only have one choice. And I say that this is sad because my favorite president, Teddy Roosevelt, was a Republican. Right now, though, the choice is far starker than Republican versus Democrat, vanilla ice cream or chocolate. It's far more urgent than whether the next president denies the existence of climate change, which, yes, Some have said re-electing Donald Trump would set the climate movement back 10 years, 10 years that we don't have. The problem is more urgent than even that, because one of the two major parties in the United States has become un-small-d Democratic, allowing its party head to openly denigrate Democratic institutions and fairly continuously and explicitly embraced undemocratic actions when they secure or increase that party's power. This is not acceptable. And that party, the Republican Party, must not just be voted out of office by some small margin, it must be destroyed. Because I'm sorry, this is not a discussion we should be having when we're in the middle of so many crises. We should not be debating whether or not it's okay to ask a foreign government to influence a democratic election. It is not okay, period. We should not be debating whether or not it's okay to advocate sending in the military to break up peaceful protests. That is not okay. 
nor should we be debating the veracity of whatever fake scandal or conspiracy of the week comes out of the depths of the alt-right internet, as if it were on the same level of truth as issues such as the existence of climate change or the coronavirus. That is not okay. All of this takes oxygen out of the room that needs to be spent debating how we're going to protect black lives from officers of the peace, white vigilantes, and environmental pollution. How we're going to protect the one million species at risk of extinction from Homo sapiens. How we're going to, against all odds, keep global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius when we've already warmed one degree and even the emissions drop from corona unprecedented since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, doesn't meet the reductions needed in the next 10 years. So the Republican Party must be destroyed. It must be made unacceptable to be a Republican or vote for a Republican in their current form, because the party functions outside the boundaries of acceptable behavior and discourse, period. We set up a game That game was democracy. We have one team that is consistently breaking the rules. That team must be removed from the league. Wow, I apologize for a sports metaphor. You can tell I'm not very good at them. Many thanks, by the way, to Osita Nwanyefu of the New Republic, whose essay on this in February has been swirling around in my head since I read it months ago. I really, really strongly recommend this. I know this monologue slash rant may seem to come out of nowhere, but it's something that I've been thinking about in imagining utopias and imagining the future that we want to get to. We frankly can't get to that future if we're fighting every step of the way to argue whether up is up and down is down. But that's just one of the dramatic, extreme, heck, utopian political transformations that needs to happen and happen now. So I'm taking to the street next week as part of the next rebel wave organized by Extinction Rebellion from June 12th to 21st. I strongly encourage you to check your local chapter to see what events they're planning. In Germany, there's a digital climate festival over the weekend, starts tomorrow, Friday, and goes through Sunday. And there are actions every day next week, starting with an action called Bail Out the Planet in Berlin that starts at Invalidenpark at noon and walks to the Economic Ministry. These protests have been registered. They are legal civil disobedience actions. There are also several demonstrations planned in Brussels to call for a climate-centered response to the coronavirus because, let's face it, too much of the bailout in too many countries protects the wealthy, protects corporations, and protects fossil fuel companies that without corona still would have been in the red. This is not the time to give money to those who would destroy the planet. If Extinction Rebellion isn't your thing, there are dozens of other ways to take part. I've mentioned Black Lives Matter. In the U.S., there are countless get-out-the-vote initiatives, countless partisan Democratic Party initiatives, but also change the system initiatives such as Move to Amend, a group that I support very strongly, as well as countless other small d Democratic initiatives across the globe. One thing 
not in the streets, but in our seats, that I've been very excited to be a part of is the political art project Stories from the Future, which I'm co-facilitating with Dylan Harris as part of Akhud Martinoy's Collective Practices Program. The more I read and learn about the climate and sustainability crises, the more it bothers me personally how academic and distant they often feel and how doomsday the emotional side of the discussion is. That's one of the reasons that I started this podcast to kind of personalize the climate crisis and also to help think about what we can do to stop it rather than just feel anxious and depressed as the world burns. So I understand that many people aren't moved to act by visions of rising seas and dying animals, especially when these visions have no place for human scale action. That's what we're trying to do with Stories from the Future, which had its first workshop on Sunday. If you missed it, the live stream is still up on Facebook and will be moved to the project website after that. In addition, you can check out my last episode in which Akut Martnoy curator Daniela Silvestrin interviews me 10 years in the future about what we've achieved. It's kind of a head trip. It was a lot of fun for us. Have you gotten active in the fight for political change? What do you want to do that you haven't started yet? Drop me a line, lisa at myclimatediet.org. And Godspeed. Time is running out. What's giving me hope this week? Beyond a really lively and critical discussion at the first workshop of Stories for the Future, what's giving me hope are the protesters around the world who have been crying out after the unnecessary death in custody of George Floyd and the fact that the conversation really seems to be shifting. People who've been silent for years have made statements of solidarity. And people who tacitly supported the side of evil have aligned with the good and the just. Even in terms of the climate movement, I've seen a lot of people speak out explicitly about the connections between racial justice and climate justice. And people who aren't explicitly anti-racist activists talk about how important it is to support Black Lives Matter. Here I recommend listening to the most recent episode of the podcast Hot Take, Yes, it's still time to talk about climate. The hosts there do a really good job of talking about the connections between climate justice and racial justice and how important it is, especially now, to keep advocating for climate action. Whether it's too little too late remains to be seen, but for dark days, the rays of light are bright indeed. This podcast is a labor of love. And you can show me you care by telling me why you listen at lisa at myclimatediet.org. Thanks to David from Quince for letting me use his wonderful music. And if you want to stay up to date, follow me on Twitter at Lisa Pettibone. And don't forget to rate My Climate Diet on Apple Podcasts. That makes it easier for other people to find me and start their own climate diet. Because if everyone went on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I don't